the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey everyone, my name is Reagan. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, with your host, Sarah Carnes. She's my mom. She's on the radio and TV and loves the Cleveland Browns. But one of her favorite things is connecting with you. She wants to help you live a healthy, happy life. I don't know how she does it. She even got me to love carrots and eat broccoli. Thanks for listening. You will find what you're looking for. If you look for fear, you'll find it. If you look for stuff to bum you out, you'll find it. If you look for hope, you'll find it. So today, I hope you find some answers to your sleep challenges. I know I found some great resources through Dr. Shane Criado, who is my guest today. I've been wanting to have Dr. Criado on for a long time and with schedules and everything. He's just fantastic. He is, first of all, a doctor from Amen Clinics. Now, I've been following Dr. Amen for years. I love him. If you've never heard of Amen Clinics, definitely look them up. But if you've ever heard of The Daniel Plan, which was a very popular book, um, a very popular, I guess, diet plan several years ago, it was with Pastor Rick Warren and Mark Hyman. The Daniel Plan, like in the Bible, <laughs> that was that was Dr. Amen as well. And they have wonderful facilities, different ones throughout the country. Uh, the closest one to me would be the Chicago one where they do, they just really have a different approach of looking into and finding the root cause of issues or challenges you're having that aren't discovered by traditional psychiatry, um, all kinds of different brain issues and they do a special spec scan with your brain you can find all all about it on amonclinics.com but that's where my journey began i have always loved amon clinics and i went onto their website because like two and a half years ago i started struggling with sleep i was someone who always slept really good and then i had a mold illness and really really affected me and affected my hormones And even after I was finished going through all my detoxes and the processes to clear the mold from my body, I had some after effects. And one of the biggest after effects was this horrible insomnia. And I just remember like being at social events or asking listeners here on the show. And it was shocking to me how many people had sleep problems. How many people struggled to fall asleep or either couldn't stay asleep the whole night? And I guess when it doesn't happen to you, you don't realize that, oh, there is a lot of people. And it, and it does feel good to make, make you know or help you know that you're not the only one. But then it also gets concerning that there's millions and millions of people who have trouble sleeping every night. And even after the pandemic, it's become um, an even worse situation. Stress, of course, plays into it a lot. 
And I am one that as I was going through this journey, as I call it, of healing, I was getting so, so frustrated that I couldn't sleep. Sleep is so important to all of us. For me, it's crucial because I get up so early. Our show starts at 6 a.m. every morning. I know a lot of people get up early, but when you feel like you have to go to bed early and you have to get that eight hours of sleep and hormones and all these different things are happening in your body, um, for me, it wasn't just a stress thing. It was a bunch of different things all combined. But here's something that I heard that really helped me as I was trying to go through this sleep healing journey. And it's that you can be healing and, and be be or feel broken at the same time. It's okay. Healing isn't a destination. We reach where we are perfect and at peace all the time. Healing is a journey that involves accepting and embracing ourselves as we break, as we heal, as we reconstruct. Healing isn't a destination. That was pretty profound to me because I can tend to be a perfectionist. And if something is not right with me, I just want to fix it. Tell me what to do. Give me the the list of things I need to, to make happen and I'll do it. And when I did these things, you know, lists you find online of how to sleep better. And I wasn't, I wasn't falling asleep even after that, you know, like the common things people tell you to do. Then I started to get concerned and it just snowballed. So healing isn't a destination is something that's really um, had to come into focus with me. They say focus on the good and the good will come into focus. So I think that's true. So I'm very excited to have Shane Criado, Dr. Shane Criado on today. I ended up finding him just from the site on Amen Clinics and he's fantastic. He's wonderful and really gives a different perspective to sleep issues, the not so common things that you'll hear. You'll find out in this episode, I was even doing things that I thought were good, but they were actually hindering my sleep. So we'll talk to him in a minute here, but I just thought I would throw out a couple of things that through Dr. Criado or just some things that I found that really helped me sleep better. One of them was I have to wear a sleep mask. (laughs) I have to have it completely dark. That was a big deal. They do tell you not to watch blue light or TV or, you know, anything like that before bed. So I stopped doing that and that was helpful. I love to read before bed And I have to read, like, people make fun of me, but I actually read, like, theology stuff. I love, I nerd out on that kind of stuff, but it also can sometimes tend to be, I don't want to say boring, but not anything that's super excitable to get you super excited before you sleep. So I love reading that kind of stuff before I go to bed because it helps calm me. It's very calming. Um, I also found an amazing supplement this one from Dr. Criado, and it's a sleep naturally supplement. It's on the Amen Clinics. It's on his website. I believe it's brainmd.com. We give the details later in the episode, but that supplement has been amazing. I love it. And then the number one thing that I've done to help my sleep is really going back into the quote I said earlier, where healing isn't a destination really sticking on that and giving it to God. And really just, if I have a bad night's sleep, 
not over-focusing on it and letting it go. Because I know, again, healing is, isn't a destination. It's, it's never going to be perfect. And this idea I have of perfectionism is not going to happen. So kind of just rolling with it and saying, God, you got me no matter what. I may not have slept that great last night, but I know you got me tonight. And praying about it. And when I really pressed into all of that, it made a huge difference. So he's going to give us a lot of tips today. And we're going to talk about all the things that have to do with insomnia and sleep. Like what even is insomnia? Do I have insomnia if I don't sleep? We'll get to all of that. So here we go. I hope you enjoy. Definitely follow him on social media too. He gives a lot of great resources. Here is Dr. Shane Criado from Amen Clinics. All right, folks, raise your hand if you feel like you probably have trouble sleeping more nights than you'd like to. I'm raising my hand. Um, It's something that just affects so many people having trouble sleeping. So this week on the podcast, I am so excited to have Dr. Shane Criado from Amen Clinics. Amazing. And finally, we can actually get sleep tips from a sleep doctor. (laughs) So let me tell you a little about Dr. Criado here. He's a board certified psychiatrist, sleep medicine physician. Again, I mentioned at Amen Clinics, an amazing, amazing um, clinic that does so many wonderful things. And I'm going to have him talk about that in just a little bit. He is also the host of Overcoming Insomnia Course. And I believe that is through Amen Clinics as well, which teaches evidence-based strategies to improve sleep. We're going to talk a lot about those today. He also has a book you can get on Amazon. I know a lot of people listening, either you are an athlete yourself or you have kids who are athletes, but he's the author of Peak Sleep Performance, the cutting edge sleep science that will guarantee a competitive advantage which debuted at number one on Amazon in sports medicine. And that was back in March of 2020. You can get that on Amazon now. You can learn all about Dr. Criado on social media. And of course, today, as we as we work through things, I do have to ask, this is a little bit unrelated because I was going over your bio and I saw that you have love racket sports. Do you play pickleball? I started playing tennis this summer, actually. And I've played badminton ever since I was a kid. Um, Pickleball, not yet. I've heard only good things. So maybe I'll give it a shot this time. I'm a big pickleball fan. So as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, I got to ask him if he plays. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and just dive into first things first. I would love for you to give a little bit of background. Um, You're a sleep doctor, board certified psychiatrist. And you're at Amen Clinics um, in Chicago, and I know a lot of people have heard of Amen Clinics. Tell us what you do there, what your role is. Why would someone come see you? Right. Thank you so much for having me uh, on today, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here and share some tips that will help the listeners and people who watch the YouTube as well and on the podcast. I've been at Amen Clinics almost five years now. I do psychiatry, and we at Amen Clinics do integrative psychiatry, but also neuroimaging. So we look at brain activity through these SPECT images, and we know what different areas of the brain are supposed to do. So if an area is not working properly, 
and in manifesting symptoms, we know what can hurt those areas, but also what can help those areas. So we have an integrative approach to psychiatry and mental health because whole body health is brain health and brain health is mental health. And I also work on sleep strategies for not only elite athletes, but anyone who has sleep problems. So I'm Dr. Amon's only sleep doctor. And we work across the board, people from dementia, kids with issues, to adults who just want to boost their performance and quality of life, irrespective. So there are sleep problems and mental health problems that are very real. And then there are people who just want to optimize, prevent further damage or problems down the line like dementia. So that's what we do at Amen Clinics. And outside of Amen Clinics, I'm also a sports psychiatrist. So I'm on the board for the International Society for Sports Psychiatry. And I'm the chairman of their sleep performance committee, where we're looking at having a paradigm for improving sleep with specific personalized sleep strategies for athletes in different kinds of sports to boost their sports performance as well as their mental health. So I also co-authored five other books in sports psychiatry, actually, in the last few years. And super excited to change the conversation around sleep and sports forever, because athletes focus on mental conditioning, coaching, physical training, and nutrition. When it comes to sleep, there's a big question mark. And so hopefully, we're going to change that conversation forever more in the next year or two. That is so exciting. I am I, a functional medicine patient at the, the Cleveland Clinic. I've been a big believer in that. Our, my listeners, for the most part, probably have heard me enough times talk about getting through mold illness um, and fighting through that. So I, I'm a big believer and I just love the science and everything you do at Amen Clinics. It's, actually, that's how I found you. I was on Amen Clinics website and saw, wait a minute, they have a sleep doctor. This is so fascinating. And and I've learned so much from you. I guess I want to start in the beginning here because I've struggled with sleep. That's why I initially wanted to have you on. It all started for me in around five, six weeks into the pandemic, I started struggling with sleep. And this is coming from a person I used to brag of how I could nap in the daytime, go to bed anytime. I'd even like tease our listeners of how, you know, sometimes I just have to pull over in a parking lot somewhere and sleep for 15 minutes and then I'm good. And and now I can't even imagine, you know, when I was having my sleep issues, taking naps. And I know there at least what I hear is there's this sleep epidemic epidemic more so than ever that came out of the pandemic. And I'm not sure if that that's when mine started, <laughs> but how, I guess, how do you know, first of all, if you label yourself as I have insomnia or I have sleep problems, how, how do you know that? It's really simple. There's the classic definition in the medical textbooks where insomnia is characterized by trouble falling asleep or staying asleep or waking up too early. Um, you have those issues despite adequate opportunities to sleep. And there's daytime impairments associated with the sleep problem. And it's not better explained by some other disorder. Now, that may sound simple enough, but it gets really complicated unless you're lazy and want a quick fix like Ambien or one of those medications. So most of my practice involves getting people off their sleep medications unless they absolutely need something. But 
you'll know you have a sleep problem if you're not waking up refreshed. It is not normal to wake up unrefreshed. It's not normal to wake up tired. And there's a big difference between tiredness and sleepiness. We tend to confuse those terms. The way I look at it is, if you're not waking up refreshed and able to function throughout the day, that's not normal. That's one category. The other is, how do you know you're getting ideal sleep, even if you're functioning well throughout the day? What if that's less than optimal, suboptimal sleep for you? The, the internet tells us that eight hours of sleep is ideal for, for everybody, but that's so not true. And uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to discuss some of the fallacies we see online and address those effectively. But if you have an issue with sleep, or if you're quite not quite sure about whether you're getting enough sleep, that's when you know you need to address it. I always say that God gave us the greatest gift of sleep. He just didn't give us a user manual. <laughs> that's where that's where we come in to try and help you figure out what is optimal for you. Yeah. And I I want to get into that because we see so many things. I mean, the first place we go to is the internet, right? I'm having trouble falling asleep. This is what I did. Uh, I was like, this is shocking. Was, I still remember in the, the mid pandemic and all of a sudden one night I didn't sleep at all. And that had never happened to me in my life. I was like a solid sleeper. I'm like, wait a minute. I've been up all night long and I, I wasn't even tired. Honestly, I was just like wired and like kind of freaked me out. And I have that like personality where it's like, okay, something's not right here. I'm going to get really <laughs> freaked out about it and I want to fix it right away. So you go to the internet and you search and it's like these top strategies to fall asleep. And when I feel, this is how I feel. When you really have a sleeping problem, you need more than those top tips. Like someone was like, drink some tart cherry juice. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard, you know, things like that before where sometimes you need to move on past these top five things that you know, USA Today tells you to do, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Completely agree with you. Um, where, as the saying goes, we're flooded with information, but thirsting for wisdom. And one of the reasons I, I wrote the book, Peak Sleep Performance, is not just for athletes, it's for everyone to have access to strategies that I use with my elite athletes, my Olympians, for anyone to utilize. And it's a ground-up approach, Sarah. It's not just, oh, have some dark cherry juice or or chew up a bunch of melatonin pills. No, that's terrible. That's a terrible idea. But what are the underlying factors impacting your sleep? And how do we address those effectively? What went wrong? And how can we right that ship? So there's always predisposing factors, genetic vulnerabilities. Then there's precipitating factors like lockdowns, people losing their jobs and livelihoods, having to work from home if they actually had a job worrying about putting food on the table every night, mm -hmm. precipitating factors, and then perpetuating factors, what keeps those problems going? And as we will discuss today, sleep impacts every aspect of our lives and brain health, everything from hormones to our appetite to weight gain, to dementia and cancer risks, to heart attack risks and strokes. In fact, sleep is a direct modifiable, that's the good news, modifiable risk factor for the 10 most common causes of death in the world. And so if we know what we're doing with our sleep on an individual basis, if you have your own user manual for your beautiful machine, your body and your brain, 
then you're staving off a lot of those illnesses. It might mean not requiring certain medications or reducing doses of certain medications or having better quality of life and more years are in that life of quality. You know what? When you talk that it like it all rings true for me. And I I guess one of the things, and maybe I'm the odd one here that I struggle with because you're talking about how how we're different and how you have to find those things for you. I guess it's a process. And sometimes the process takes longer than you'd like it to take. And I tend to get really frustrated. I, I'm like a very methodical thinker. I make a plan. I execute it. Done. Check it off. And I feel like I want my sleep to be like that too. Okay. I'm going to do one, two, and three, what they told me to do. Oh, wow. That didn't work. (laughs) And it is a process. And I think it's one of those things where what really helped me was giving myself that gift of grace that, oh my goodness, this is not going to be something that is just going to happen overnight. And it was almost like the, the more pressure I put on myself to sleep, the worse I was. It was almost like I was in competition with myself to sleep. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. This is amazing. Your your experience resonates with me and so many other people around the world. And it takes me back to what Viktor Frankl said in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, He spoke about paradoxical intent, where, for example, people who have sweaty palms, um, this guy had social anxiety, he had pools of sweat in his palms before going to a party. And he told the guy to just do the opposite. So say, okay, before a party, let's see if I can break my record of seeing how much sweat I can generate in my palms. Okay. Paradoxical intent, the opposite intent. Similarly, sleeping is the most vulnerable thing we do. And anxiety or worry is danger mode. Trying is a surefire way to wake your brain up and go into anxiety mode. So trying is the best way to sabotage our sleep and saying, well, okay, let me see how little sleep I can get tonight without actually looking at the clock or your watch every two seconds. That's a bad thing. It's best avoided. It'll actually drop your anxiety levels down and you'll be able to sleep much better. So that's one thing there, right? The paradoxical intent, trying too hard, it's important to have high standards for ourselves, right? As you are, you're a perfectionist, you're driven. That's amazing. That's important. Quality sleep will help your your drive, your creativity even more because there's a big difference between catastrophizing and contingency planning. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between overthinking and problem solving. We've seen this in the brain scans at Amen Clinics as well as independent research that shows that poor sleep, and I mean poor sleep as in irregular timings or poor quality sleep or inadequate sleep, all three of those or any one of those, is associated with the shrinking of certain brain areas associated with resilience, mood stability, memory, the temporal lobes, and the frontal lobes, which are responsible for human connectedness, empathy, picking up on social cues, attention, concentration, executive functioning, task organization, planning, multitasking, motivation, drive, social connectedness, suppressing irrational thoughts, suppressing impulses and urges and cravings. 
there's an another study that's so cool that shows that people who lose out on four hours of sleep, their brain thinks they need 900 more calories to consume. Mm. And you might think, well, I'm not missing out on four hours of sleep. But if your brain needs eight hours of sleep every night and you're only getting six hours and you think that's okay, every week you're losing out on 14 hours of sleep. It's hard to make that up. And this is not what standard sleep medicine does. Standard sleep medicine is like, oh, here's some Ambien, here's some Trazodone, here's some Xanax. Oh, Xanax associated with dementia in long-term studies. So it's important to look at what's fallen off and how you're going to right the ship. A car can't just run if you put jet fuel in a gas tank, right? We've got to look at the wheels and the transmission, the fuel and fuel gas. I know in the States we say gas. Um, <laughs> battery needs to be up and running. So all those things need to be fulfilled. The same goes for sleep. It isn't hard to do, but we need to know what to do. So there's a lot of things out there that people have taken as gospel truth when it's not in fact true. Like melatonin is good for your sleep. Sure, as long as it's less than three milligrams, 90 minutes before your desired bedtime, and it only helps you fall asleep. It doesn't help you stay asleep. And it's as effective as switching the lights off. So guess what? Dim the lights or wear dark glasses at home and avoid screens an hour before bedtime. It's as effective as melatonin. Hmm. Dark cherry juice is even less effective than melatonin, but it is somewhat effective, which is why it's mentioned. Eight hours of sleep. Not everyone needs eight hours of sleep. Some of my athletes need 10 and a half hours of sleep. Some people may need less. Some people may need more. What's your optimal is different from somebody else's optimal. There's also something that goes around that says, oh, go to sleep at the same time every day. No, no, no. You need to wake up at the same time every morning because going to bed may vary. You may feel sleepy at 1030 one night, 11 p.m. another night. If you go to bed thinking that 1030 is your time, but you're not feeling sleepy, you're going to be tossing and turning and wondering when you're going to fall asleep. And then you're training your brain to associate the bed with worry. Don't eat before sleep is what they say. Not necessarily true. So I believe that if someone has a very early, very early dinner, you're going to wake up in the middle of the night more frequently because your blood sugar levels fall and your body releases stress hormone called cortisol to get those blood sugar levels up in the middle of the night. So one of the reasons people wake up in the middle of the night is, sure, maybe it's too hot because you're going to dream sleep in the later half of the night and dream sleep, you're burning as many calories as when you're awake, your heart rate goes up, so you get hot, you can wake up, heat wakes you up. But also your blood sugar levels may be lowering there. And so I'm a fan of people having a meal even two hours before bedtime, slow carbs like sweet potatoes or carrots are good if you're blood sugar levels are dipping in the middle of the night. Some people use continuous glucose monitoring. You really don't need that. You get a feel for it, you know, once once you know yourself. But the goal is to start working on understanding ourselves before trying to fix ourselves and covering up the rust with different coats of paint. So <laughs> those are just a few things that I see online and I say, no, 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 this this is wrong. And yeah. it's actually also be dangerous. For example, if you give kids melatonin, it can reduce their growth hormone, right? So I don't want yeah. I don't want any kids to have 
growth stunting or their issues down the line. And also melatonin can affect their LH and FSH, which are released by the pituitary gland to stimulate your normal sexual development. So it might actually affect their puberty down the line. It's And of course, if you don't get enough sleep as a kid, the growth hormone will be suppressed. So it's really important, not just for the athletes or for adults or for the elderly or for middle-aged people who are facing menopause, sleep apnea, but it's crucial for the next generation, for their brain development, the quality of life and overall health. There was another study that showed over 80% of kids who are sleep deprived go on to develop obesity. So imagine what we could do if we had sleep education as part of a curricula we could reduce obesity and disease down the line. So my passion right now, Sarah, is to develop sleep strategies that everyone can access, maybe an online platform, for example, so that we can actually reduce our disease burden down the line at any phase of life you're in and have those risk mitigation strategies, hopefully reduce insurance premiums down the line for everyone concerned. That's so good. And I've never had that issue happened to me with my girls not sleeping, but I know other people have. And I recently just read about that with the kids and melatonin. So that is such good information to get out there. So parents know and understand that because I don't, I don't think enough parents realize that it has those effects. I want to go back to something you said, you know, you're kind of talking about the things you see on the internet and you're like, Oh no. One of the biggest things that I learned that I feel like at least my husband always told me when I was having trouble sleeping, he'd just be like, just go lay down and close your eyes and keep trying. Just keep trying. He's no doctor by any means and the all good intentions. But what you mentioned there, and I, I don't think I'm the only one. That was one of the, the biggest ahas for me is, and you tell me if I'm right, <laughs> that when you're, you went to bed and you're still not falling asleep, to get up and not stay in bed and keep fighting that. You're right. Yeah. So when we're in bed and we're trying to sleep, trying, first of all, doesn't compute to the subconscious mind. It doesn't register. Trying to the subconscious mind means you can't do it. So if you've seen hypnosis videos and people are trying to lift an empty box and the hypnotist is saying, try, 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 they can't lift it up. It's because he's telling their subconscious mind, you can't do it. So Trying wakes your brain up, tells your brain you can't actually fall asleep, and then it associates the bed with other things like using your phone or tossing and turning or counting or trying different strategies in bed. So the best strategy is to, if you can't fall back asleep or can't fall asleep within 20 minutes or so, roughly, don't look at the clock or watch, it's going to wake you up, then get out of bed. But don't switch the lights on and do some chores and get your accounts in order. That's that's not a good idea because then you're training your brain to do that at that time of night. But in fact, do something calming and relaxing. So your brain is not a light bulb. It can't just switch on and off. It takes time to wind down, especially for high-functioning, busy brains. We need a nice winding down routine or a daily download, if you will. So seldom have time for own thoughts. Maybe write down your to-do list, maybe your worry list, meditation or prayer. Even Jesus had to meditate in the desert for 40 days. We could all use some meditation. The Dalai Lama said sleeping is the best meditation. Whatever works for someone in terms of the winding down routine, 
a nightly treasure hunt is what I like to call. And Dr. Eamon mentions it as well. Think about, don't go running around your house searching for something. No, but <laughs> maybe think about, hey, what am I grateful for today? In particular, not general gratitude, but specifically, maybe I had a good conversation with the barista today or I had a good interaction with a colleague today something specific and tangible. So you go to sleep with grateful thoughts. So it helps your brain develop better and healthier. Winding down is key, but staying out of bed too long trying is also very, very important. What about reading in bed? Bad idea. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now some may say, oh, well, I fall asleep reading in bed, but is it truly restful sleep? Is it truly good sleep quality? And you fall asleep every single night reading, then you probably don't need to read in order to fall asleep. So I advocate reading outside of the bed as part of your winding down routine. Okay. It's sauna, it might be a warm shower, it could be reading, as long as you're reading something boring, not something super interesting. Right. right? What are you going to do on your phone? What are you going to watch on TV? What are you going to read? It's usually something interesting, something exciting. Maybe someone wants to watch True Crime. Bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I admittedly, sometimes I just have to, oh, I'll read, but I read some nerdy stuff. So sometimes it gets a little deep and I do end up falling asleep. So that's really interesting. I want to talk a little bit too, because I think, um, I know a lot of women are, are listening to this and a lot of us are getting to that age where hormones are starting to go just different ways. And I know that can affect sleep as well. Actually, I have even noticed like different times of the month, you know, in women's cycles where our estrogen is soaring a little bit higher, I will have more trouble sleeping. I mean, how do you know when you kind of talk to someone about that, when it's just life, how does that all kind of mix with sleeping problems? Yeah, so all of these things affect our sleep, our total sleep quality and, and quantity and timing. Uh, you're right, absolutely. Estrogen is sleep destabilizing, progesterone is sleep stabilizing. And it's like if someone go, has a heart attack and they're recovering and before being discharged from the hospital, they're like, well, doc, what caused the heart attack? Was it the donuts I eat every day or huh, or my hypertension that I don't want medications for or treatment for? The fact that I'm not exercising, or is it a terrible sleep I have and I refuse to wear the, C the CPAP machine? Although not everyone deserves a CPAP machine, let's be honest. Um, it's very specific, but it's usually all of the above, right, Sarah? It's yeah. all of the above impacting our sleep. So similarly, our job is not to try and do little research experiments on ourselves to figure out what the one cause is. It's usually multiple contributing factors. Understand the ones that sabotage your sleep. Understand the things that save our sleep, eliminate the saboteurs, include the ones that save our sleep, and it will improve. It's really that simple. So the older we get, there's some changes biologically that happen to our sleep. So we tend to have our circadian rhythm shift earlier and earlier. The elderly like to sleep in very early and wake up very early. Teenagers sleep very late and wake up very late. That's most that's most teenagers anyway. So as we age, our rhythms shift earlier and earlier. So you'll feel sleepy earlier and earlier. You will need less sleep typically. So people over the age of 50 or 60, a recent study a few months ago showed they may need seven hours of sleep, assuming it's an average person. 
But I look at sleep not in terms of hours, but in terms of sleep cycles of 90 minutes each. So I may need five sleep cycles of 90 minutes each, which is seven and a half hours of sleep a night. Other athletes may need, may need 10 and a half. Roger Federer said he needs 12 hours of sleep. So it just depends. So we may need less sleep the older we get, but you may also feel sleepier during the day. You may have more awakening, so more sleep fragmentation as you get older and less deep sleep. And that's very troubling because deep sleep is needed for our brain's draining channels to open. They call the G lymphatics in, in the medical textbooks. The circuit was only discovered that this pathway was only discovered in 2004, 2005, but it flushes out the toxins that build up during the day. And so if they are not activated through proper deep sleep, you're directly increasing your risk of dementia. So all of these changes occur the older we get. There are other factors too, pain, arthritis, the weakening of the circadian rhythm. That's why it's super important to get out every morning, get the sun in your face. You don't have to stare at it, no, but get the sun in your face for at least 10, 10 to 20 minutes every single morning. It's gonna strengthen that circadian rhythm. Bright lights in the night, not a good idea. Dim the lights, have it romantic for you and your partner, you know? Um, in men, prostatic hypertrophy or enlargement of the prostate may cause them to go to the bathroom many times. Sleep apnea. So men have twice the prevalence of sleep apnea as men, uh, as women. But when women hit menopause, there's an equal prevalence. So essentially, their risk of sleep apnea doubles for ladies after they hit menopause. And also, women have twice the rate of anxiety as men, but also twice the rate of insomnia. So once we look at all these factors, pain an issue, is your circadian rhythm weakening an issue, is bright light in the night an issue, is the, the prostatic issue an issue, are the hormonal balances an issue, that's when we start digging deeper and say, okay, let's look at this comprehensively and figure out what we can do. A hormone evaluation or blood test, a comprehensive blood panel, looking to sleep routines and lack of routines there, um, making sure you have a healthy weight, a healthy gut, mm -hmm. eliminate things that block your hormones. A lot of our personal products have hormone blocking chemicals in them. Exercise, people say, don't exercise before sleep. Yeah, okay, don't do vigorous exercise before sleep. But yoga, stretching, all good. And in fact, moderate intensity exercise boosts your deep sleep, the, the type of sleep that's important for flushing out toxins. So these things are easy to do. And it's no joke. The older we get, the more problems we may have with our sleep. But the more we need to be aware of that, and kind of stay ahead of the game over there so that they don't become chronic issues that require tons of medications to deal with. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that too, because again, I've been through a lot health-wise, mold, really sick with that, got through it, and it created this hypersensitive person in me where I'm very diligent about what I put in my body. So I eat clean. I'm gluten-free. I, I pray often. I have a wonderful relationship with Jesus. I am I'm full in that aspect. And I just, I almost 
like I said in the beginning, become a little hyper about everything in a lot of ways when it comes to what I put in my body. So you mentioned medications there. And I have learned through this process that life is a balance. And it's, I was just having this conversation with someone the other day and because um, they were struggling on the whole food diet. And we talked about the 80-20 rule. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about the 80-20 world, but I feel like there are some times in life where you have to give. I don't like taking medication, for example, but there's sometimes when in life we're going to have to, where that's going to be necessary and that's okay. Maybe because I'm so ingrained and I know a lot of the people listening here, they let a, they follow a lot of health influencers. And uh, a lot of functional medicine, which again, I love and appreciate so much, but there can be a time where I think it can go so far one way where when you almost demonize medicine sometimes <laughs> that it can be hurtful. Do you see what I'm saying? So no, I've, ha I've had to pull back in a little bit and realize, you know what, sometimes medication is okay. So kind of, how do you feel about that? You know, medication, supplements. Because we can overthink this sleep situation too. You're absolutely right. And that's a very important point. Medications and integrative natural holistic strategies don't have to be enemies. We can incorporate them together. I prescribe medications almost every working day because I deal with mental health issues. I, I don't want people to struggle through suicidal thoughts or bipolar disorder, schizophrenia or severe unrelenting sleep issues. Because while you're waiting for these other strategies to kick in, which may take time, your brain is losing brain cells every night with poor sleep or with not using a CPAP machine, right? So yeah. it's important to consider, hey, here are the pros and cons. This is what you need to know and you can make an informed decision. My, prefer my preferred approach is what my patients want. Do you want a natural route only? Okay, then you're going to have to know that these are the benefits and risks associated with just this approach. We can do this for a while, see how it's going, and then consider medication down the line. But if someone has a more serious issue, I will add, I advocate for a certain kind of medication or medication combination that will work better with the supplements and other strategies we're working on. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so important because I you mentioned it and you you are a psychiatrist. Sometimes it's like multiple issues going on. Like for me, I've had a lot of trauma in my life and I've had to incorporate things like EMDR, which have been right. amazing. And and that those things need to happen too, right? I mean, EMDR has been amazing for me. It's been amazing for a lot of my patients as well. So it's a really great way of processing trauma and kind of releasing it and coming back to your baseline. And you mentioned your sensitivities, anxiety, inflammation. They're all a hyperarousal of a nervous system because of any chemical or toxic or inflammatory or, or infectious insult, our nervous system goes into catastrophe and that'll shut down our immune system. That'll worsen everything as well. So You've lived the experience. You know that, Sarah, that, that it takes multiple different strategies, techniques, consistency, following the process in order to affect change. And, you know, I do want to mention sometimes I still have a bad night of sleep. 
And I tend to beat myself up over it. I can be a perfectionist. But healing isn't a destination. That's something I had to really get through my head. And it's okay if you have a bad night of sleep. We all do, right? We get kind of stuck on, oh, no, last night was a terrible night. What do I do about that? But, you know, we follow trends over time. No one has a perfect night every night. That's okay. Yes. See, that's my problem. I'm such a perfectionist. And I think because of my days of mold and lime and how awful those days were, and I had to work so hard to to rid all of that, you know, I want to be perfect. <laughs> and there's always moving targets, so you'll never be bored. I don't know if other people are like me, but life is kind of a moving target sometimes, and you're never going to be perfect, and you are going to have bad nights. <laughs> Yeah, work on becoming better as opposed to kind of chasing perfection because what's your end point? It's it's in the ether. It's out there, right? Yeah, I love that. Before we wrap it up, I just want to talk to the people out there saying, okay, I do think I have a sleep problem. I don't know if I'd label it insomnia. Maybe I would, but but where do I start? Where's my baseline just 101? All right, so there's a simple way of doing that. Um, my seriously underdeveloped YouTube channel, Peak Sleep Performance. I just have a couple of videos there. <laughs> uh, one of them was during the pandemic. I actually told people how they can figure out what their ideal sleep amount is. So work on having a fixed wake up time every day, whatever that is. If you're an average adult without doing any rigorous exercise, aim for seven and a half hours. So if 7.30 is your wake up time that you've decided on, Count backwards, 12 a.m. will hopefully be the time you fall asleep. So 11 p.m. would be the start of your winding down routine that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Calming, breathing, 336 breathing or 478 breathing, meditation or prayer, warm shower, sauna, whatever floats your boat. And get into bed, not only at 12 a.m. when you're feeling sleepy. If that's 12 a.m., great. If it's later, great. Wake up at 7.30, get some sunlight, do some stretches, have some water, Get some breathing exercises going. You can do Wim Hof, 30 deep breaths in and out and hold, or just deep breaths to get some stretch, get some blood flow going, and then see how sleepy you are during the day. So your quantity of sleep will be fixed. Your timing of sleep will be fixed. And if you have ongoing difficulties with waking up in the morning, sleepiness during the day, if your partner says you're snoring or moving around in your sleep, or if sleepy irrespective of getting seven and a half or nine hours of sleep then it's time you saw someone who could help you out rather than trying to figure it out on your own i also have to mention because it truly is i have tried through i i, I have been struggling with sleep and i'm so much better now for two years and i've tried like every supplement out there melatonin i you know yeah all all of the things and the supplement that you created that is on your website is by far the best sleep supplement that I have ever taken. And wow. I've shared it. I always, I already get a lot of messages asking for that again. So I just want to put that out there. You created this, right? Yes. So Dr. Amen's uh, supplement company, Brain MD, he and I wanted to collaborate on a sleep supplement because we're not happy with what was out there. It's not just about knocking somebody out. I actually looked at all the science and said, well, how can we help improve people's quality of sleep? How can we kind of strengthen, consolidate their deep sleep or non-REM sleep and their REM sleep? How can we help them fall asleep easier, but also wake up refreshed? 
And so that's what we did with the put me to sleep sleep supplement from BrainMD. It has very low dose melatonin to just nudge your brain into sleepiness. It has GABA for the dream sleep. It has 5-HTP and B6 for serotonin. So it's calming and magnesium for deep sleep. So it covers all the bases and you can take one or two or three or four chewables. And it's it's helped so many people. In fact, when we were building this product, Dr. Hemant said, okay, let's do a little pilot project with a few of our friends and family members and a few patients we're working with. And so he came back a week later and said, okay, we're, we're making this. I said, what happened? He said, well, my father, his father, who was in his 90s, who had chronic sleep issues for decades, his sleep issues were resolved. And he said, we're not waiting any longer. We don't need to wait for this pilot. We're, we're making this product. So very grateful to have been um, part of developing this product. And it's helped a lot of people. And I'm excited for everyone else that could benefit from it. Yeah. So you, what, what is the website again? And what is it called? It's brainmd.com. That's the name of his supplement company's website. And the product is called Put Me to Sleep Naturally. It's amazing. So I just had to put that out there because it has helped me so much. So thank you so much for the time today. People can connect with you, kind of tell us where the best place would be and how they can get in contact you at Amen Clinics. Yeah. So my Instagram account is Peak Sleep Performance and my website is shanecreato.com. And the easiest way is to email me at info at shanecreato.com or just DM me on Instagram. That's really the easiest way. And um, I don't really have an open schedule for people to sign up for evaluations on. It's by case by case basis because I need some some time to figure out that stuff too so I can get my own sleep. So uh, <laughs> based on people's needs, we can set up a follow-up uh, or, or initial evaluation and get the ball rolling. Well, thank you so much for all you do. You've helped so many people and I just can't thank you enough. Thank you for all the work you're doing and the amazing, amazing information you're putting out there consistently, Sarah, and a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. Love Dr. Criado. Again, follow him on social media. And thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen. If you love the podcast, it would mean so much for me if you would leave a good review on wherever you're listening to podcasts and let me know that you love it. Great new interviews on the way. And if you're new, go ahead and check out some of the previous episodes as well, all about making tomorrow a better day for you and everyone around you. Have an awesome day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, 
whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.